What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Sports Card Madness, the podcast that focuses on sports cards, collectibles, the hobby, and everything else in between. For today's episode, we sat down with Jay from Mojo Sports. He is crushing it as an influencer in the hobby, and he told us so many cool stories about his autograph chases, his collection, and his thoughts on the hobby and how you can get started. You definitely don't want to miss this one. Kick is on the way, and it is All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Sports Card Madness. I'm here with LZ like usual, and today we have a special guest, Jay from Mojo Sports. What's going on, Jay? How you doing? Oh, man. Glad to be here. What's up? All right. Awesome. Jay, great. Great to have you. Yeah, yeah. We're psyched to have you here. I mean, I'm trying to think how I think of you. You know, you're, you're pretty massive in the hobby, but you're almost, I know you as an autograph chaser. I know you as a card dealer. I know you as a fan of of different players. I just figured, you know, I could give you a chance just to introduce yourself. Yeah, dude. I mean, I feel like I've I've lived like 10 different lives as a collector. And I feel like everyone kind of does that. You graph or you collect or you sell or you go to shows or you open a shop or whatever we do. Um, I mean, right now, man, it's just like a lot of media and marketing. I'm just a hobbyist, man. I'm just like, I'm a cheerleader for the hobby, man. Like I'm all in. Like I, I just want to put the hobby on and I want... Uh, people to enjoy it so I feel like that's my role now but I've definitely gone from like being an administrator of 50,000 people on this autographs group um, dealing with agents from you know memorabilia deals and and you know being a kid getting autographs at the hotel to opening packs to now you know doing all this but and and doing this as a business I love it as a business as well because it's fun so I try to balance it out that's crazy. So you managed a a site like like a Facebook group or something like that or a discussion board with yeah, so, 50,000 people. I, yeah, when I was oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, cool. Uh when I was in high school, uh I started this group called Autographs 101 and it's where a lot of like agents and people would do private autograph signings. Um so I did that from high school up until college um and then leading into like later on and then COVID happened and kind of moved on from that. Um so yeah. It was wow. big. It's like the biggest autograph group. Nobody did autograph Facebook groups. Now there's like a thousand of them. Funkos, all these other groups. But I still think we're one of the first ones that was ever done. That's incredible. Wow, wow, fifty thousand. So in in agents. So talk to us about like so you were meeting agents as part of that group. So you were opening doors at a very young age for yourself. Then in this hobby. Yeah, I mean, a lot of like people organize private signings through my Facebook sure. group doing signings with like Donovan McNabb, Mike Tyson's first signings, stuff like that. Um, and people were doing like mail-in orders through that Facebook group and it was free. So anybody could do it. I just policed the group, administered it. And, um, you know, I just wanted people to have a good time. And then I sold autographs in there full time. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Cool. So was that how you got started in the hobby or did you, I I'm guessing it, it isn't you, you must've been into this before then as a kid or something, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my mom took me to Target. It was actually funny. I literally have this. We filmed the video with this. I'm going to buy the pack soon. Um, My mom, this is my first pack of cards I ever opened. 2011. Oh, okay. 2011. So I, wasn't 90s. I wasn't a 90s uh, collector. I was a post-recession kid collecting mm -hmm. in 2009, actually. Um, but my first pack of cards was 2011. So I started at Target. Um, and then I started getting autographs. You know, I met Kobe when I was a junior in high school and uh, stuff like that. And then all these shoes up here are all game used shoes from NBA players. So like when I was a kid, 
Like, I mean, there's just, it's, it's, it's the history and of my roots is in memorabilia and cards and autographs. All right. I got to hear about Kobe. How, how did you meet Kobe in high school? Like how, what, where did yeah, you meet? So, him? That was really casual. You say, yeah. I just met Kobe. like whatever. <laughs> I met Kobe twice. So the first oh. time I met him at high school, in high school was at a uh, hotel team hotel. And then the second time I met him was at a sports illustrated event with Dwayne Wade. And I actually got him to sign a shoe that I played basketball in the first wow. time that when I met Kobe, he actually still have it somewhere behind me. But um you know i knew where the lakers were staying they were staying at this hotel it's called the citizen um some teams used to stay there kobe wasn't playing that day and this is when kobe gasol andrew bynum you know the squad um were still rolling and i went to the team hotel and i made this sign that said king of basketball every day kobe and kobe's security guard came on he's like hey kobe's gonna sign this is really rare just keep cool and it was four of us and these kids next to me were getting beats by dre sign and i had like an eight by ten so I had the sign and I was holding it and Kobe came over and I started tearing up and like Kobe put his hand on my shoulder and I had the photo and I was like shaking and he signed it. And then like the pen dropped on it, um, which is notorious because on the K you can kind of see it. But I remember just like freaking out because everyone told me, oh, don't waste your time getting Kobe's autograph. He's not going to sign. And I it's I think this is just grit and grind. Part of my personality is I I love like persist. I'm persistent and very passionate when I want something. So I got Kobe that day and I was just a kid in a candy store. Oh, that's a great lesson. Just keep trying. Yeah. Just be that's persistent. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be persistent. I, I mean, that's autographs taught me getting actual autograph signed taught me a lot about communication and mm. just going in and like just trying your hardest. Nick and I actually talk about that a lot. It, it, we talk about, we, me and Nick both have uh, younger children and, and we talk about, getting them into the hobby and, and this being a great experience for them, the autograph side of it, right. Whether it's in person, you know, thank you having good, you know, manners or it's some sort of TTM where you're writing a nice note. So that's, yeah, that's spot on. Um, going off of that, you know, with everything that you do in the hobby and thinking about you when you were a kid and kind of getting those, those Kobe, um, autos, like there's a lot going on in the hobby right now. Like there's just so many different, and that's one of the reasons why me and Nick do this podcast is to talk to great people like you and introduce all the different sides of the hobby, but things you can probably get, well, I know you can, you can get over overwhelmed and overloaded. Um, Where do you, if someone's just starting out in the hobby, like where do you think they should start? Like, where's a good, like what advice would you give your younger self get just getting into the hobby? with everything new that's going on now. Yeah. Well, the I think like younger me, it's so cool to talk about this because the younger me was a true collector. Um, you know, I said in my last video that I see 15 five row boxes next to me and they have Kings and DeMarcus and San Francisco Giants, the 2020, 2010, 2012, 2014. Um, you know, obviously my newer Rogers PC, I have boxes from when I was a kid. And I think like when I collected in 2009, uh, it was all about collecting and it was very affordable. LeBron James autographs were $220. Kobe autos were $70. Like I owned some of the cool cards as a kid. Um, and I didn't even realize how they could be valuable or assets. Nobody was thinking like that. Like we would flip cards to buy, I'd flip a card like a Kobe to buy like a cooler DeMarcus card or you know, it was just a little, it was a lot different. And then like PSA slabs, like this kind of stuff. Like, I mean, for me, at least uh, from my community side of things, we weren't really into grading. It was just like autographs. And like, you'd open a hobby box and like pull like a Geno Smith autograph and you'd be like through the moon. 
Um, I know he's good now, but I mean, still at the time, like there was like after you pulled that and like RG3 and Andrew Luck, like nobody was going for their rookie cards. You were just going for their auto patch or auto, you know, most of the free, the rookies, you just give the kids. Mm-hmm. So it's like a lot different. Like, I think a lot of people, I guess the answer to your question is like, find a PC, like find a personal collection. Cause if you're a collector first, you can do the business, no problem. And like, when you're upset with your business, you always have the hobby. Like you got to love the hobby though. Like people can see through that, you know? Mm-hmm. You yeah. That's, love, love that's the definitely a thing. Ever step foot into any, making any type of monetary value. Mm-hmm. I've loved the hobby since I started. I mean, I kept the first pack of cards I opened and like, I got teary eyed talking about it because it just like, if my mom and dad don't know anything about cards, but my mom took me to, if she doesn't take me to target, if I don't meet DeMarcus in, in my lifetime, do I, am I still here? You know, this hobby changed my life and it, it brought me so much joy, you know, and, and I see other people experience that. And I think that's like the best part. That's what brings us all together. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. That's really interesting. You know, one of the things you got kind of lucky, you know, 2012 prism, in my opinion is, you know, pretty big set. I think the way we look at 86 Fleer, we'll probably look at 2012 Prism pretty soon. And you were probably buying those for, I don't know, a buck a piece or whatever they cost at the time. And I'm yeah. sure have, have quite the set. I bought Luca Prism rookies for 20 bucks each. I owned 40 of them. I sold them and flipped them so fast. Like, that's nuts. But we were getting them to get autographed. They were only 20 right? bucks. No, it wasn't like, and it's just like, you're right. It was luck. I don't think like in my mind, I ever saw prism rookies being worth that much. Even when I went to the Dallas card show the first time I brought all my base prism, go watch that video. I brought all these base rookies and it like looking back, it was like, it looked ridiculous to see like a Siakam rookie, $150. Like some of my videos, some people are commenting now, like, dude, those deals make, make no sense. And they don't a Patrick Mahomes base rookie for a Justin Herbert rookie, 10 autograph, like, and then I got burned too, but I mean, that is what it is. Yeah. Hindsight is, is always funny. Tatis, um, oh my God. Tatis. That's a name that I've been just looking <laughs> back on. All these people are commenting on this one national video where ta- I traded this big Tatis card and it's like, I see the comments. And I'm like, Oh, this was like 2020. Oh, that's this tough. You, last week. <laughs> you have like, it's almost like you have video evidence of all your good and bad trades and bad deals. So people can always Dude, go we, back and just nail it. You can it. always go back. Like, oh, I that's think that, that's the coolest part is we have it all in a Google drive. So like one day, like, you know, Netflix, Hulu, like we recorded so much of like the craziness that like in 10 years, I could see us like, yo, we've got this footage like from 2020, it's 2031. I think you guys could use this. That's wild. Yes. <laughs> Great so, idea. Uh, Nobody recorded in the '90s, you know, so it's like this is good. Yeah. So one of the things I've noticed in the hobby, you know, over the last ten years, I'm sure you've seen it. You've probably risen with it. This whole like breaking boom, you know, I, I guess that's what I call it. Well, especially over the last few years, how do you kind of feel about breaking, or how did you see breaking change the hobby since you've been in it since it began, pretty much? Yeah. You know, breaking for me, I, you know, I broke when I was, you know, 13, 14 years old in this room on a timeless treasures, 2010, 11 box with my little iPhone and the teams were $3 and 50 cents. And it was 30 teams. You make $20. I use that money to go see Harry Potter, definitely hollows part two, the profit, <laughs> you know, 
good it, memory. Never, I, I, dude, I remember my parents <laughs> never gave me the money. They, my parents said, "You're if you're gonna do this, you got to figure it out." You know, mm-hmm. and I, that's why I hustled autographs because I was like, I, I can like I can learn how to do this, you know. Um, but breaking, like, I just, I don't, I don't. That's not my thing, you know. I, I did so much. I did. I broke when there was blowout forums, blog TV. And people that are just like remember this era will know exactly what I'm talking about. When you mention blog TV and blowout forums, it coexists completely. That's a different era. You know, now everyone everyone wants to be a breaker. Um, and I know Tops is really into this breaking thing, but I think like at the end of it, like breaking's cool, but I think like I do think personal rips for people when they come into your shop, I guess it's similar. Like you could mm-hmm. sell breaks from anywhere. But I mean, it's just, it's huge. Everyone's been placing a lot of value on breaking. And I just, I personally don't rip like cases and cases and cases or any type of rips. I'll do like a personal rip every once in a while for people where I just rip like two, three boxes a month only because I just enjoy it. I just, I open, and another thing too, I opened so much wax when I was younger. It was so affordable. 2010, 20, let me, you want to hear something funny? I'll never forget it. We're at teammate sports card in Sacramento. My friend's opening a 2010, 11 limited basketball box, right? So you're thinking John Wall, Jeremy Lin, not Jeremy Lin really at the time, but Paul George, you know, whatever else. Everyone was, uh, Eric Bledsoe was good at one point. So my friend opens the box. He pulls a Steph Curry out of five logo kind of auto and we both look at each other i'm like oh this sucks <laughs> okay. this horrible and he sold the card for i think like 100 bucks oh man that's so painful <laughs> at the time that's the thing though it's crazy the hobby like at the time steph curry wasn't the guy because his ankle was so bad and mm-hmm. everyone was on tyreek evans and uh brandon jennings and Blake Griffin was huge. Yep. So I don't yes. know. Yes. I know I I know breaking. I didn't like go into like the specifics. I'm just getting into my nostalgic part of it. It's just I think I'm burnt out. You know. Yeah. 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 You were, you were doing it in the beginning in your own way, right? In like your your bedroom, like with your, your Some people are yeah. making like three hundred dollars a break now. I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah. I I have some friends who who also just participate in breaks, and they're actually burnt out doing it. They did. They just they just did way too much of it for like a full year and they've just like stepped away from it now well i think a lot of people realize like you could just buy what you like you can try to pull this color blast it's what a great example instead of trying to pull this for you know two three four thousand dollars down the hole just buy it for 300 bucks right right Right. exactly yeah Yeah, it's interesting i think the the willy wonka mentality like the thrill is there though and i've always i got it out of my system when i was a kid (laughs) Yeah, we've entered the what I call it. Um, I need to catch your name, but I feel like it's almost like the scratch ticket era of collecting. Where, I mean, we're creating so much trash. Almost, it's like it's just like lottery ticket, lottery ticket, and you're just trying to get something. And we're doing it for packs. We're doing it for redemptions. I mean, there there is a time and place though. Like if you're a Jets fan, right, and you just want to buy into a Jets player break or something like that, that's cool. You know, maybe you you couldn't um, you couldn't get that player. You couldn't like buy into something or afford that any other way, and you like that team. So that could be interesting, but um, yeah, there's, I guess it's a time and place, right? But a lot of us are burnt out. Yeah. Yeah. Jay, um, speaking of breaks, I know Fanatics is is going hard at breaking right now and, and they're disrupting the whole hobby. Um, what are your thoughts on, you know, Fanatics like going all in on the hobby and um, what are your experiences? What are you seeing that they're doing well? 
maybe areas that you were hoping they were doing more? Just curious. Yeah, I mean, I so I think Fanatics just getting started, you know, yeah. and I I think it's just so early to tell. I think our ho- our hobby panics really fast. That's that's a thing that like needs to kind of change. Is everybody's panicking when we don't even know what they're gonna do. I mean, Top's hobby rip night across the nation was amazing. Brady, Tatum, Scoot Henderson showed up to the shop I was at, and I just think Fanatics is focused on marketing the hobby correctly and experience. You know, when they mm-hmm. When they release retail at Target, instead of Panini just putting boxes on the shelf, I think Fanatics would actually bring like, hey, Justin Jefferson is going to be at the Mall of America Target. Um, if you buy two boxes, you can meet him and get your box signed. Like, that's what Fanatics will do. And I think that's like what I'm looking forward to. I, once again, I have no, I don't, I'm a hobbyist. So like, I'm speaking as a collector now. Mm-hmm. I think, like, I I think Tops and Fanatics will do, the access is is amazing. I just don't think... I don't think the hobby has been marketed well. People say that all the time. And I actually think that Fanatics is stepping up to the plate and giving the experience. Like if they did this taco fractor thing, I just made a YouTube video. We'll come out in a little bit about it. And I think it's interesting. Um, you know, not good for the bathrooms, but it's a great opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I do think they, what they could have done differently is they're giving like, it's like you pull the talk factor, you get the $15,000 gift card, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think if you got Mookie bet steals first and you get the taco, you get the taco bell and then you get to like meet him and have like a taco with him. And then he gives you like the gloves from the steel. Yeah. 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 that would they'll, be they'll, sick they'll yeah. listen to us they're gonna listen to us like yeah. i actually genuinely believe that when we want something fanatics and tops will do it like versus panini i mean it could be up in the air i think it's just kind of like panini's on the last you remember Derek jeter's last dance or, or michael jordan's last dance Derek sure. jeter well tour mm-hmm. kobe bryant kind of it was over i think panini needs to step up and like you know goodbye like last two years like let's 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 have a good farewell let's have the redemptions be turned in for experiences let's reward our customers for since we've had them since 2009 i think that's a positive way to look at it mm-hmm. instead of like people the hobby bashes so much but nobody comes up with solutions right you have yeah. a problem you follow it up with a solution stop talking about the problem talk about the solution like and tops and fanatics will list they're going to listen to this shit i bet i bet you yeah yeah. And, and they're they're innovating. They're innovating in the space. And whenever you you innovate, you're going to try things that are, that are going to work and you're going to try things that aren't going to work. And I'm sure they'll test some things out and, you know, they, it won't work. But to the point that you made, it's all around experiences, in my opinion. And the more experiences they can give people, the, the more successful they're going to be. Um, so 100% agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you have a, a card. It's a static picture of either a sports player or a fictional character, one of the two. And there's only so much you can do with it, right? You can look at it, you can display it, you can trade it. But when Fanatics comes in with the experience angle, it adds almost like a like a fourth dimension to it, right? Like now that card could represent an entry to something or a visit with someone. And it's like, okay, this is getting pretty, pretty cool, you know? So I'm actually, I'm kind of looking forward to this. I mean, geez, like go, go rip a pack with like Travis Scott. Like they just did like, that's, that's sick. Like, it's awesome. So I'm excited personally. Yeah. Me too. Um, all right, Jay. So th- this one, this, this, I've been following you a while um, on Instagram and I, I just, I need the answer to this one. So it seems like you are the biggest Boogie Cousins fan on planet earth. And I, you know, he's a cool guy. He's, he was a great player. Um, 
I know you're a Kings fan, so that might be part of it, but I got to understand, like, what what made you such a big Boogie fan and uh, have such a big PC of Boogie? Like, what's going on there? Yeah, I mean, I credit the uh, Kentucky basketball team, the do the John Wall era. I watched DeMarcus there, and I remember saying to myself, like, man, it would be so cool if this guy was drafted the Kings, and he was drafted the Kings, and I just... I lashed on, you know, I went to his pre-draft workout. I never told this. I haven't think I've told this story in 10 years, but I went to his pre-draft workout and he, I met him and I was like, Hey man, I know you're going to be here. And it, even if you're not here, you'll remember me because I'm going to buy every single sports car to you. And, and I'm going to be your biggest fan. And he laughed. And I mean, now, I mean, we talk on Instagram every once in a while, um, my personal, but it's funny how that happens. You know, um, he just did a lot for me. If it wasn't for him and like guys like Rogers now more recently, um you know that i like and i gotta I, I just think a lot of the guys i have a pc with i have a personal connection to and i think personal connection for me is why i pc someone and demarcus just did a lot for me and i think that's important you know i think it's like if you guys ever collected autographs if someone signs an autograph for you it's a really good feeling mm. it's like it's a feeling of like i got closer to the game and that person's plays professional sports and they're cool like it's kind of cool <laughs> Yeah. Nick and I um, both are Celtics season ticket holders, and we have so many memories, him and I, of going to games, getting down there early, and meeting players, getting autographs, meeting celebrities, getting their autographs. You know, Nick, the, and the one that stands out to me when I think of Nick and I going to the games is uh, Dallas Mavericks game. <clears throat> Mark Cuban walks in, Oh yeah, and he comes right up to us. And we were scrambling because like, what are we going to get Mark Cuban to sign? And I think Nick pulled out like a $20 bill out of his pocket. And he's just like, Mark, can you sign this? But, you know, that that little story, that's something I'll, I, I remember all the time of just these experiences, right? The memories that you have of of meeting these people and chasing these autographs. Yeah. So Mark actually said, thanks for the 20. And he put it in his pocket. At first. <laughs> ah, <laughs> then he yo, signed it. But... <laughs> that, is, that is amazing. Where is it at? Oh my gosh. I think I have it here. Where is it? Where is it? Well, dude, this, this, this right here, look at this. So I met Dana White, $100 bill. Met yeah. Dana White in Lake Tahoe. Okay. Right? We're in a casino. This is crazy. You mentioned money. So I see him. I'm like, Oh shoot. He looks at me. He makes eye contact. He knows I'm going to talk to him, you know? So he comes like right up to me, like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, Dana, it's nice to meet you, man. appreciate what you're doing for the industry. I was like, I'm going to put $100 tonight on red or black. What should I do? He pulls out $20,000, like, put it on black tonight, my man. And he gave me this. I haven't, I didn't use it. I didn't put it on black. But I want to get him to sign it. I should have gotten him to sign it. But I was just like, oh, my God, do I bet this? Like, should I put this on black? Because Dana said to. So I've had it for a while. I actually was supposed to tell the story to someone else. But I now I'm telling it to you guys. That's um, cool. I've had yeah. this on sitting on my desk but... now i think L <laughs> lz you've gotten dana white through the mail, i do right yeah. yeah so he he ttms yeah yep. he's an unbelievable guy yeah mm -hmm. yeah so i'm sure you can send it along and he'll remember you and yeah write that you. write that write a note write the story down or keep yeah, it in by lunch you never know <laughs> i'm gonna do that yeah that that story you guys share about mark cuban like it's so funny because i can picture the scramble the moment yeah being in the arena just like oh my god what do we do and then you just pull it out like i can relate to that so much i think that is cool like versus like oh this card's down 50 dollars. oh it's been three weeks like i just think it's overrated sometimes yeah yeah you must have I, you've already ripped off a bunch of stories right you, boogie you can tell boogie really hits home with you there's there's a lot of passion in you telling that story and you talked about kobe and mentioned rogers and 
Dana White, but like out of all those, or maybe it is a boogie story. Like what is the most memorable autograph experience that you have? It was last year. Oh, Lakers game. Mm-hmm. And I have to show you guys. It's literally right here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I expected there to be a delay or something. You knew Yeah, that. you knew right away. No, no, no. Because when I started traveling, I put all this away and uh, in, a, in my safe, different locations. So I have, sure. every, I have like all my good stuff. Cool. Um, okay. It's either, oh, gosh, I have to. I mean, I, I guess I have to. Yeah. So for the audience, he's digging through like jersey after jersey that looks right. signed. So I met Jack Nicholson. Oh, oh, we've got a Funko, a Funko, yeah, yep. Joker Funko, the Joker, perfect, mm. oh, Batman Joker. So he drove into the game, and there was a bunch of people waiting, and I got him to sign, and he rolled the window down. He didn't say anything; he just signed it, signed for like a bazillion people, and drove off. Oh, that's awesome! That the blue is, paint pen looks like, real nice. This is the holy, the holy grail for a lot of people. So Jack Nicholson, hundred percent, and then honorable mention. I know he got injured, but his therapy. Physical therapy is going very well. Um, I see Rogers every year, and oh. uh, you know he came up to me, showed me some love. And all right, I, so right Jay's there. Jay's holding up a Rogers jersey. It says right Mojo, here. you're the man. Yeah, so <laughs> Rogers is always showing love, man. Um, and definitely just he's a cool guy. He's one of my. He's literally my favorite player. So those two. I didn't awesome. even think this is a video. This isn't a video podcast, right? It's more audio. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we have a YouTube audio. channel, but, um, you know, we focus on the audio. Maybe we'll snip some of these up. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, okay, those two. The Jack Nicholson, haven't really told that story much, but, I mean, it that's as good as it gets. That Fungo, that... I mean, value, three to $5,000 probably. That blows yeah, me away. Just just a quick swipe, a quick, yeah, your right time, right place. A fan, yeah. that's that's awesome, man. That's really I mean, cool. living in LA, it was just, the opportunities are endless there with that kind of stuff. It's, like, not as rare as, like, that I remember good running... Point. Clint Eastwood showed up to a restaurant. I was uh, dining near. It just it happens. But this I was prepared for because the rumor was that Jack was going to the games and he was going to the games. Yeah, and I think I think he like just started going to the games last season, right? That was like a big deal that he started showing up again. He showed up to game one, and then that was game two. Ah, it was kind of like okay, I gotta go to that arena at four o'clock and wait for this guy. Mm-hmm. Try to that, get it. That Funko is amazing. That's um yeah, that's a really cool story. That I mean, it's just awesome. I like you said, I, I can almost feel like what it was like being you in that moment. Cause we've all, if you've ever chased any autograph of anyone, it's the same thing every time. You, you stumble on your words, you you think you have a plan, but then the you know, the sharpie's backwards, or like, you know, you drop the the card or whatever. So it's just like uh it's a really cool like 30 seconds of your life, you know, it's just awesome. Oh yeah. Very cool. Uh, so Jay, we, we like to ask, uh, some of our guests this, that are, that are really tuned into the hobby. Um, I like it because it can have a lot of different answers. So if you had a thousand dollars, that's it, you know, you could be a teenager, you could be 20 something, whatever. And, uh, you know, you like sports and you want to get into the hobby. You want to put a grand into cards. What would you do and how would you spread it out? Hmm. I would do... I would do 500 for my PC, whoever I think I'm going to collect. And then the other 500, I would devote toward uh, buying who I think I guess could flip or make me some money, which I would say the goats, you know, you can't go wrong with Kobe and Jordan and Gretzky and Tiger Woods um, and vintage like Mantle, Mantle cards, like 
the worst case you buy a mantle i mean unless you're like really throwing diamonds out if you're buying a mantle for like 160 the worst case is it's 130 or the or the best case it's like 200 you know i've never seen vintage like really just like unless it's like hundred thousand dollar pump and dumps those mm -hmm. are disastrous but that's not my game yeah interesting so it's a lot of our guests have said the same thing and almost the same ratio too they'll say you know take half and just buy something you like you know, just just collect what you like, and that that's really a message that's kind of coming through on on most of the the people that we talk mm -hmm. to. And then, like you said, it it's almost like the stock market. You think of um, like the blue chips, right? Nothing's going to happen to the value of Jordan, Kobe, the goats, you know, LeBron. It's already booked, and then vintage even more so. I mean, that is that's like seventy years of being locked in. You know, it's it's crazy. Especially LZ and I are big into the vintage card space and and autos. And the reason I like it is because it's a scarce asset and they don't make them anymore. And uh, they typically, it's not a roller coaster, like you said. So yeah, it's good advice. Yeah. Thanks, Jay. Um, we always ask that question, but then we always ask this follow-up as well. <laughs> so you got one more, <laughs> one more for you. Last question. Um, you have all these special relationships that you've already mentioned, especially with Boogie, but we are curious if you could have coffee or dinner with any um, athlete or sports-related figure, we'll say, who's either uh, deceased or, or still with us, who would it be and why? Oh, man, that's a good question. I would say I'd say Jackie Robinson. I'd probably pick his brain and see what he what he was thinking about during the time and, like, I would talk to him about cards and see like, Hey, how can we, how can we make this healthy? And like, what do you, I don't know, like ask him what he thinks about signing his own autograph and like what the fans mean to him and like what, what it meant to be considered the, you know, the guy that transcended the color barrier for baseball. I think it'd be interesting. We'd have to yeah. get, but he and I would have to get Slurpees. So that would be pretty interesting. Oh, <laughs> Slurpees. What flavor Slurpee? Every single one in there. Except oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, great i like that's that. a theme jackie yep. robinson we hear a lot we hear bill russell a lot but yeah. jackie and jackie and bill are probably the the two wait okay i have to ask you guys a question who, who would you guys have coffee with or or whatever what do you do with them who who would it be and why yeah all right you want to go lz we did this in yeah, our first so, episode yeah nick nick asked me this already mine would be red arbeck celtics gm coach um and it's almost just like trying to spread it out a bit more with him because he, you know, he coached Bill Russell for a long time. Right. So I'd be able to pick his brain on Bill and Koozie uh, and Havlicek, all those championships and Larry Bird era and all that. And um, yeah, for, for me, it would be him. I'm a huge Celtics fan. I'm a Celtics season ticket holder. So that's that that one's near and dear to my heart. What would you get him to sign if you had to get like one thing signed? Ooh. Only one thing signed. Both of you guys. Um, you know, oh, so he he's a big uh, cigar smoker. So I'd probably get like a cool, like cigar like case, and get him to sign that, or even ask if he had maybe an old one or one on him that he'd be willing to to give up if I'm having an intimate dinner or something with him. I think that would be pretty cool. Be I like sick. it. Yeah. So for me, it was Babe Ruth, um, just because he was really the first sports player that was larger than sports and 
you know, almost a celebrity at the time. And I'm a sucker for history and especially that era that he was in, you know, I'd sit down and just be like, what is it like to be, you know, a millionaire in, in 1920? You know, like, what are things like, what do you do? Where do you go on vacation? Like, just, I'd just be really interested in like what it was like, you know, being in that time period. And then, you know, in terms of sports, it's just, I mean, what didn't he do, right? It's just like pitching and hitting and calling his shot and just some of the just crazy stuff he's done on the field. Just want to like get in his brain and, and just find out how it works if I can. Um, it, it would just be awesome. And I mean, if, gosh, what would I have him sign? I mean, it's easy to say like a bat or a glove or a ball or something like that. I don't know. I'd want something big I could display. I'm going to go with like a home home plate, like something he stood on. Like I want to make sure his cleats were on it. He signs that. I'm not cleaning that thing. I'm sticking that in, in a frame and we're done. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. I have one more question for both of you. Hey, yeah. Keep them coming. This is great. <laughs> so you guys obviously got a lot of autographs. I know you met Mark Cuban, but there's got to be like one, like what was like the one memory for each of you that like stood out? Like when you were autographing, like one like special hit. Yeah. I got one right mm. now. If you want to think for a minute, LZ. <laughs> I, you go first. I have mine sure. though. So, um, you know, I've been a huge Jason Tatum fan ever since, you know, I feel like when he got drafted, LZ and I were like, he's going to be great. Um, we were, we were pumped when he got drafted. And then when, he made that first playoff run and we, you know, he was pretty young and we saw what he could do. I, I really got into him as a fan and, you know, I've been going to the games at first. I wasn't great about figuring out how to get autographs at games. And then, you know, you kind of do, you just follow the people who know what they're doing. And I was there with my father-in-law at one game and I, uh, I bought a Jersey fresh that day from the pro shop. And I'm like, man, today's the day I'm going to get this damn thing signed. I want this on my wall. And um, it was a Lakers game. So it was tough. You know, it's, that's a pretty, pretty bonkers game. They only come out here once, right? LeBron's a part of it. So, um, you know, I wasn't sure, but I got there early, got in position and he happened. It's always a dice roll. There's two ways to go out. It's a 50, 50 shot. I picked right. And I was, I was right on the corner. He signed the Jersey and I don't even remember what I said, but my father-in-law was taking a video of it. So I said something like, man, you just made my year or something like that. And the Jersey, it's still right, right behind the guitar. It's on that wall over there. I still oh, have it on the cool. wall. That's sick. I think he's awesome. That's a great, that's a great choice. He's, and I met him his rookie year and he was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. He signs all the time for, for fans. He's great. He's a class. He ass. does. He signs a lot at, at games. He does. So all right. So for me, I'm not going to do a cell. I have so many stories about the Celtics similar to Nick, but I'm not going to do that one. I'm going to actually go back to my college days. So just a little bit of a background. I grew up in Foxborough, Massachusetts, and I worked for the Patriots growing up. Wow, what a job. I, I think, I believe that I had the coolest high school job of anybody. Um, I worked at the pro shop, which is all right. It's a retail store. Who cares? But in the summers, me and one of my very good friends our boss entrusted us to go travel with the team down to training camp in Rhode Island and run the shop down there. Wow. And not only do we run the shop, but we got to stay in the dorms with the players. We got to eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, and like the high calorie snack at night. What the <laughs> heck? That's cooler than working at a card yeah. shop. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. So, so Sierra. 
This was um like Bledsoe was Bled Bledsoe was still QB. Brady Brady's like rookie rookie year. I was still doing it. Oh, uh, actually, no, they might have been done by that point. But it was definitely it was kind of right around that. It Bled I mean Bledsoe was there. That's what the story's gonna be. Um, so I remember I I never asked because it was my job, right? So I never asked for autographs when it was my job, and I was around. My favorite player growing up was Tyler. I was around Tyler all the time and Terry Glenn and playing basketball with Pete Carroll at night and like all these crazy stories. But my fa- oh, soon to be father-in-law, it was my, at my time, my, my girlfriend's dad um, <laughs> wasn't feeling well. And he was a big Bledsoe fan. And I was in the dorms and Bledsoe came down the stairs and I'm like, you know what? This is going to cheer my uh, girlfriend's dad up so much. I got to just go ask him for his autograph. And I got, I grabbed a football, got it autographed and like talk about major, major brownie points for my soon to be father-in-law. That's but that dad. was, no, no, so, no, both, uh, both it's me. It, it's the sisters. So we married the sisters. Yeah. yeah so yeah. we're talking about the same person. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's true. Ray. That's right. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's weird. You were talking about bringing him to the game. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That is weird. Jeez. <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even put that together. We had, yeah. That's it's good, so funny. That's a good that catch. Wild. I'm like, wait, yeah. what is going on here? Yeah. Yeah. Same guy. <laughs> okay. So, when so you that you was, know, he signed the ball for you and for your, yeah, for... he signed, signed the ball for me. And I, you know, that was the only time during work I ever asked for an autograph. And yeah. So that's the one that's the one that sticks out. I think you got what hazed a, on that trip. too. <laughs> what a job. That's, that's incredible. There's, there's a great hazing story. We'll save that for another. We'll save yeah, that. I want to know. I can't. I can't leave unless you tell. Just, the just say it. LZ. It's, it's a great story. <laughs> Come on. Let's hear it. OK. Um, so I had I had been working there for probably five summers at this point. So I was not a rookie anymore. But one of my good friends were were in the dorms and he was kind of a quote unquote rookie because it was his first year working the pro shop. And we're sitting in our dorm and we brought like we had like PlayStation going and we're sitting in the dorm and we hear this knock on the door and we hear, excuse me. And I go to the peephole and I look through the door and it's Ty Law, Willie McGinnis and Rod Rutledge at the door. And they say, we hear there's a rookie in there. You better let us in. We're going to shave his head. And my buddy had this great mop of hair, like fantastic, like late 90s, like just perfect head of hair. And he's like, don't let him in. Don't let him in. And I just like stood there and ignored him. And Ty Law said, we could do this the easy way. Oh, the hard way. <laughs> my buddy goes, do it the hard way. Do it the hard way. So they end up disappearing. We go back to playing video games. And probably about a half an hour later, they come back. They knock on the door. But this time, I hear a set of keys going into the lock. <laughs> I go run over the peephole. So it's the three of them again. But they brought a security guard with them. They busted into the room. And my buddy's in the corner and he's like, oh no. Ty Law comes strutting in to the um to the room and he grabs my buddy and he's like, Are you the rookie? And oh. he's like, Yeah, yeah, I mean, he admits it. 
And my buddy's like, all right, Ty, Ty, I'll let you shave my head. Cause that, that was the hazing. They were shaving all the rookies heads. He's like, I'll let you shave my head. But if you shave my head, you got to let me drive in your Ferrari. Cause that was the big thing. Him and Terry Glenn used to bring like Lambos and Ferraris to these, to these training camps. It was unbelievable. And they used to show them, show them to us. So Ty goes, okay. Cause all I know is if you crash that car, it ain't going to be the Patriots pro shop. It's going to be Ty's pro shop. (laughs) He grabs my buddy like by the head, drags him down, down the hall. We go into uh, we go into a bathroom and there's a bunch of rookies like lined up. There's like six chairs. They're all getting their heads shaved. Plot my buddy down, and again this beautiful mop of hair he had, and they just went right down the middle of it. <laughs> took it <laughs> took it all off. Um, I don't know if he ever did get a ride in the Ferrari, but uh, yeah, it's just I have so wow. many stories, so many crazy stories like that. It's wild. Yeah, it was. We need to have Ty Law in here to like you got to. Met Ty Law since like all this. I haven't actually. No, no. Yeah, we got to have Ty on. Yeah, we might need to we make that to. happen. I would. We s- have to tell his side of the story. <laughs> that was so good. Wow. Oh, what is yeah. when you're in high school, going and staying in the dorms? Like, I feel like that's such a yeah cool experience that most people don't get. It it, it really was. Yeah. Yeah. Playing awesome. pick pick up basketball. You, and... Props too, because like, and I kind of feel this now traveling uh, and like being with players is like, I don't get that autograph itch because I'm around them. Like with Cade, I got him to sign a couple of things, but it wasn't like, like a grapher. I felt like I was in the professional setting to just be professional. And Ooh. it just kind of wore off because I was just having good conversations with them. And I feel like you did that pretty well with your Patriots job. You kind of just, once you're working in it, you kind of just, it, it's not that you you can't and you're breaking the rules. It kind of just wears off. Don't you feel that? Yeah, absolutely. It does. Right? They just become, they become less celebrities and more just like humans, like coworkers. You're like, well, I know Ty, because he used to actually, we have these big ramps right, right next to the stadium. Um, and he used to run the ramps every day after practice. And it's like, do I really want to go bother Ty while he's running ramps? Like, no, he's he's working right now, right? See, they just, you know, they just become more normal, normal people trying to do their job. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Cool. That's great. Yeah. I haven't heard that story for a while. I mean, I've heard it many times, but not for a while. So it's yeah, you guys cool. should do a segment on these stories, man. These are great. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> we should. We All right. We should. So, Jay, um, if you know, I think if anybody wants to to follow you or reach out or kind of watch your adventures, what are some of the places they can follow you? I know your YouTube channel's um, growing and doing well. So where can they find you? Yeah, uh, we're on Instagram, Mojo Sports LLC. We're on YouTube, Mojo Sports. We're also on uh, Twitter, Mojo Sports LLC. And then uh, we're on Whatnot as well. And you guys should check it out. Cool. Yeah. He's got awesome. some great videos, everyone. Um, lots of deals. Like you said, you travel and you seem to go to just about every show and um, you're always hanging out with cool, uh, cool athletes and everything. So thank you for, um, for coming on. This is awesome. You got to ask us some questions too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that was great, Jay. Thank <laughs> you for no, that. that was good. I know we got to do yeah. that again. We might have to do that more often. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Um, all right, everyone. This has been another episode of Sports Card Madness. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. And um, yeah, thanks everyone. See you next week.